0: We interrupt our program to bring you this important
1: message. This is Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. All got a drink ready for this weekend
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know I there may be reports of me drinking in the press box I'm just saying let's just, let's just put that out there for the future already you know Ugh. Uh man, uh, let me start by saying this, uh, by the way, this is Leprechaun Lunch, I'm Jimmy Rosari, it's, uh, it's powered by uh, First State Bank, locally owned and operated, um, let me start by saying this, it's going to be okay, this is, after all, just a game, essentially, um, that said, ah! So let me tell you how, how I was kind of digesting things on, on Saturday. Um, uh, I do the, the post game show with, with Reggie Brooks. And we do that from a, uh, from a room down in, uh, you know, down deeper into the stadium. We don't do it in the press box, all right? So with about, like, right around the halfway point through the fourth quarter, uh, for home games, I've got to start making my way downstairs because, you know, the <laughs> the elevator can take a minute. Yee. Um, honestly, it, it was almost as if somebody shut off the elevator. Uh, that That's kind of how slow it was going, and uh, I'm glad that I took the extra minute. As I'm getting on the elevator, I hear a big big roar from the crowd. I'm thinking, okay, I just missed something. Going to have to look this up on the way down. Okay, fine, all right. (laughs) Going to have to fake my way through that one. Um, Still. Not not exactly the worst thing in the world. I figure something like that could happen. I've got sources, you know, sources to look things up, highlights online, all that stuff. Okay, no problem. I I get downstairs to where we do the to where we do the press conference or uh, where we do the uh, the post game show, and um, you know, big wall sized TV as you as you as you walk in. And uh you know, I'm thinking, you know, okay, this is just this is just a highlight from before. What you know what happened. Wait a minute. How did the score? I left the press box. Notre Dame was still up fifteen to twelve. Not exactly comfortable, but Notre Dame was still up fifteen to twelve at that point. By the time I got down to the press and, and took maybe 5 minutes real time by the time i get down to the press box down from the press box down to down to the post game show 5 minutes has passed and all of a sudden marshall is leading 26 to 15 and i i'm not going to lie i stood there for a solid couple of minutes and just went huh how because NBC, in, in all their wisdom, decided not to show any highlights of that part. Off to a blazing start with NBC right now. <laughs> Off to a blazing start. Needless to say, um, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one uh, still kind of sitting here shell-shocked about what happened on Saturday. Uh, there, there's no way that I am. But we trudge on. And we we bring in California this week. And oh looky there. We also bring in a new quarterback. This may be the best week for Notre Dame to just for hopefully, hopefully they did this. Uh this is probably the best week that the best opportunity that you're gonna get to uh just wipe the slate clean. Buckner, of course, out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, with that, uh, with that, with that shoulder injury. Um, you know, fortunately, it's not his his throwing shoulder, but it's still a pretty serious injury that you can't you can't be getting banged around like, <laughs> especially like he has been this season. Um, here's a uh, here's head coach Marcus Freeman. Uh, his opening statement from uh, from his press conference on Monday. And uh, right off the bat, just uh, just addresses everything with Tyler Buckner.
3: High grade, I think grade five out of six AC sprain in his non-throwing shoulder. Um, he'll end up having surgery tomorrow with Dr. Radigan, and uh, expected recovery time is about four months. So we can all do the math, and and probably I put to somewhere mid-January. So um, that's where you know we're at with that. Um, You know, moving forward from that, Drew Pine will will be our starter. Uh, As I said, when we addressed the quarterback competition in fall camp, um, I had the utmost confidence in both of those guys being able to lead our offense and lead this football team. So um, we are still uh, very positive and uh, optimistic about our future uh, moving forward Um, and following in with Drew Pine as leading our our offense, and uh, I'm excited for his opportunity and what he's going to present um, to our football team, and uh, you know, obviously the last 36 hours um, has been, you know, a reality check for all of us, from the coaches, the head coach, to the assistant coaches, to our players, and doing a deep evaluation of, of everything we're doing, and to um, to really try to figure out what our issues are, and, and you know, I, I think I said this after the game, is it is execution. It, it's executing, but I think more than that, it's it's focusing on, you know, the the entirety of the game. And I think as you look back to the Oklahoma State game, you look back to the Ohio State game, I think so much of our focus was just finishing. You're up in the second half, um, finish the game, finish the game. But when you really go back and evaluate it, you know, even after the Marshall game, we're up in the fourth quarter and it isn't so much about just finishing, it's about executing throughout the entire game. And, and that's what we have to do a better job as a football program, um, the coaches and players of, of truly you know, executing um, your job on every single play, because sometimes we let the results kind of um, mask the reality of, of how we're playing and how we're executing. You know, and, and you think back to, you know, the Ohio State game and, you know, people say how you guys played well, you played them close. And and when you really go back and look at it, you know, sometimes that can mask the understanding of you. We didn't execute um, at certain areas the entire game. And so that's what we got to really be able to do. And it starts with with the preparation. It starts with how we're preparing, how we're practicing, Um, really not trying to focus on the end result as much as what we're doing um, play after play. you know, and, and if we're not doing exactly what we need to do, and there's a misunderstanding, we got to coach better. We got to stop practice. Um, and if the kids do know what to do, then we got to make sure we hold them accountable to do exactly what they're supposed to do. Um,
1: Marcus Freeman, right there. That's from his from his press conference on Monday. Uh, you know, of course, sounding you know very even keel, very. Uh, in control, not panicking. It's what you want publicly out of a head coach. Privately, I hope he lit into every single one of those dudes. Every single one of them. (laughs) You know why we're not executing? Here's why! Joe Flow four on Twitch. By the way, we are uh, we're streaming the show on Twitch as well. Just uh, head over to uh, uh, Twitch TV slash Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. That is our uh, that is our channel. Joe Flow four uh, saying, Jim, I'm depressed. Can I come to the press box too? Since you can't drink anywhere else in the stadium, um, I'll try to sneak you in. I, I may have to wear a gigantic coat to do so, but I'll you know. not sure you'll be able to fit with the gigantic flask i may be carrying wink wink nudge nudge but uh (sighs) anyway so yeah i'm 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 really hoping that uh you know, if the honeymoon truly is over, then then so is uh, so is where you know coach is cool all the time. Kind of hoping for that. Couple of uh, questions from the press conference too on Monday. Tyler James from uh, from dot uh, asking. Well, a pretty obvious question with a quarterback change. How much does the offense have to change with with Drew Pine at quarterback? And is there any
4: value? I mean, we we know Drew Pine is has a very good leadership qualities, and a lot of guys seem to like him. Do you think that is important for a guy that's stepping in in maybe a tough situation?
3: Absolutely. You're you're thrust into a leadership position when you're at a quarterback, and you want people to be able to follow you, um, not just through your actions, but maybe through your words and who you are as a leader. And so he's a natural leader. Um, has a lot of the natural QB traits that you're looking for. Um, I don't see the offense changing extremely uh, amounts. I see we're still going to be able to, to do some of the, the QB runs that we did with Tyler, and and you know obviously the passing game will continue to enhance it and, and figure out ways to um, be more consistent in it, you know, and put him in a situation to to hopefully have more completions, and so. Again, I don't see the offense in terms of the entire package changing because of of Drew being at quarterback. But I do see us trying to look and see, okay, hey, where can we be more efficient as an offense?
1: Like I said before, this is probably the absolute best time for Notre Dame to just wipe the slate clean. Just forget about the – maybe not forget about the Ohio State game. Maybe not forget about that. Draw draw as many positives as you can from that game. But honestly, let's just forget about the Marshall game, except for the awful taste that it left in your mouth. Let's turn the page, all right? Let's turn, like... Let's face it, I mean... The offense last Saturday... It wasn't as if it was any better than it was at Ohio State. Something clearly not working there. You could definitely point to the offensive line. The offensive line has not been great. Uh, As a result, the running game has also not been great. Tyler Buckner has been the leading rusher, you know, just as far as attempts go. You know, leading the way in rushing attempts each game. And oh, what do you know? He wound up getting hurt. This is the perfect time to just turn the page. Turn the page on the offense. Hell, I hope they have a couple of different packages. You know, I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, they that they do have a Drew Pine playbook. I mean, if it's if it's highly derivative from the Jack Cohn playbook, cool, <laughs> awesome. Jack Cohn derivative from the Ian Book playbook, even you know. I mean, you know, that, cool. Two different styles, you know. Buckner obviously more the more the running quarterback. Drew Pine a little bit more of a pocket passer. Can still get out of trouble when he needs to, but you're not thinking run first with him. Let's 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 bring out that playbook, maybe, huh? Of course, the other thing that uh, that came out, you know, with with the honeymoon being over, uh, man, there's a lot of <laughs> that that seat got awfully hot, and trust me, that seat's gonna have to get even hotter for anything to ch- you know for any changes at the top to be made and you certainly can't go making those changes three games into a head coaching career you can't no matter what program it is I had a feeling this may may have been like a little bit of a of a, uh, of a tough year at times this is certainly one of those tough times I didn't expect the tough times to be happening so quickly but here we are we've got tough times how does how do past experiences help Marcus Freeman? Well, you know, here he is getting asked that very question by Eric Hansen of your Insights first year at as
0: defensive coordinator. There was some growing pains, for lack of a better term, also some tough times at Purdue. What did you learn valuable from those experiences that that you can carry into this one?
3: I think the same things I learned at Purdue and. Cincinnati that first year and and even here last year, we didn't start off really hot on defense. And uh, I think it forces you to continue to always evaluate and to really take a deep dive into what we're doing and why we're doing and where's the miscommunication and where's the errors at and how do we get it fixed, you know, and and that's reality. Win or lose, you got to be able to do that. And I think that's what um, we're forced to do right now is really take a deep dive: how we're preparing, where the mistakes are coming, right? Where is the the non-execution really coming and how do we get it fixed? Is it an understanding of what is expected? Is it a personnel issue? Is it a physical or mental issue? Um, Those are the, the questions we have to ask as coaches and we have to look at ourselves first. And say, where is the misconnection, you know, the miscommunication from from us, the vision we see as coaches to the execution of it from the players and really find a way to make sure by consolidating things or by, you know, teaching them in a better way. Um, But at some point, we got to get the result that we're looking for on the field.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yep. Now, easier said than done, of course. Um, I don't know how you light that fire. Um, if, if if losing, you know, if if the past week uh, hasn't been enough to light the fire under the team, um, then what are we even doing? <laughs> Why are we even here? But seriously, like it, it's. these were supposed to be fun (laughs) these were supposed to be fun I'm supposed to be talking about a win right now these were supposed to be fun a show that is actually kind of pretty fun though regardless of, of the previous week's outcome is uh is uh Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, of which I am also a part of, uh, Tim Growl and I are going to be broadcasting uh, live out at Eddie Street Commons, basically right in the middle of uh, of Phase One. where just look there. In fact, look towards the uh, look towards the like I guess what's considered the main entrance into the garage. Look there. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be out there tomorrow. It's, it's going to be a nice, sunny, hot day. And solid lineup, too. Former uh, Notre Dame star safety return specialist, NFL pro bowler, Alan Rossom going to be joining us. Uh, some uh, former uh, team members from the, uh, from the 1972 team. 1972 is when uh, game day first went on the air. That's the season that this show started. 50 years. From that uh, 1972 team, All Americans Frank Pomerico, uh, John Dampier, and Gary Potempa will be joining us. Also, former Notre Dame standout linebacker Tavon Coney and former Notre Dame player and uh, the current longtime manager of the band Chicago, because, hell, let's step outside sports for a little bit. Just, just, a, just a tad. Uh, current longtime manager of the band Chicago, Peter Chivarilli. Uh, also going to be joining us on uh, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day tomorrow, starting right at nine o'clock after the uh, the Marcus Freeman Show replay. By the way, the first run of the Mar- uh, Marcus Freeman Show uh, comes your way. Well, actually, it was last night at seven o'clock. So if you missed it, we'll have it again eight o'clock tomorrow morning, which uh, kicks off our pregame coverage for Notre Dame and California, which. Please, 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 be a better outcome. I'm also part of the official Notre Dame football post game show. All right, that presented by Saint Joseph Health System. Um, Reggie and I would like to have fun in a post game show, <laughs> like last year. Last year that, that post game show for the most part pretty fun to listen to. I would like to be part of something like that. God, I haven't had I haven't even had one of those yet. I haven't even had a post game show after a win. My first one technically my first one was last, was uh well, January first, actually. Did the uh the post game show for the Fiesta Bowl. That wasn't exactly fun. Um uh, <laughs> Mm. Hoping for fun one number one coming up this week. That's 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 all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> My chest gets heavy. All right, it gets heavy when it's not fun. So that's uh, that's everything we've got uh, coming up tomorrow. Mark's Freeman show replay gets things going eight o'clock. Uh, Legacy Heating and Air game day. 9 a.m. out of Eddy Street Commons. Uh, game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra with, uh, with Darren Pritchard and Tyler Horka of blueandgold.com. Uh, that comes your way at 11 and takes us all the way up into the Notre Dame Radio Network, taking things over at 1.30 and then kick off uh, a little after 2.30 for Notre Dame and California here on your home for fighting Irish football, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh we're gonna take a look into the future and maybe some occasional looks into the past. Anyway, uh, Darren talked to Mike Singer from BlueAndGold.com, Blue and Gold Illustrated, uh, about well, what do they? What, what does Notre Dame have as far as the future goes at the quarterback position? And let's just say, drink up. It's leprechaun lunch. Powered by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Mm -hmm. Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. Contact Eric Yetterberg in South Bend. Or uh, Matt Stem in Osiella, Or... Uh, yeah, or Matt Stem and OCO. There we go. Uh, also by Four Winds Casino. Your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Must uh, please play responsibly. Um, yeah, I got distracted by something flickering as far as the computer goes. Um, earlier this week on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, which you can hear every afternoon, every weekday afternoon, uh, here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT at 5 o'clock, uh, streaming also on Twitch and WSBTradio.com and all that. Uh, Darren talked with Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated about the future of the quarterback position at Notre Dame.
5: To talk about the future. Mike. I want to talk about the future of Notre Dame football at the quarterback position. Tyler Buckner, sophomore quarterback, gets injured in his second start at Notre Dame, lost for four months, which means he has lost for the season, But as I look at big picture, there are now 10 football games that he will not participate in. And those are 10 games that could help him become a better quarterback for 2023. The 22 playoff run is over. It's all now about getting this football team better, winning games now, and getting them ready for 2023. So at the quarterback position, Mike, we have Tyler Buckner. We'll see how Drew Pine performs. Maybe he's an option next year. Your guy, Steve Angeli, is a freshman. He's now one snap away from being the starting quarterback of this football team. But as we've talked about for so long, the Irish don't have a quarterback commit for the class of 2023. And I mentioned to you, if Buckner plays well, then maybe you can ease right into C.J. Carr in 2024. But if Buckner is not the guy, hypothetically, to me, not having a 23 quarterback looms larger and larger. Am I being fair in that part of the conversation?
4: Well, Darren, that was like a minute 40 intro, so I don't know. There's a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> I would first push back on the they're 0 and two. They lost to Marshall. The seasons we're just looking ahead to next year. I think so I us having to win games
5: and look ahead to next year.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking, like, you know, if I'm in that locker room, um, you know, some fifth year senior, I'm like, ah, screw next year. I want to go ten and two and go play in a in a bowl game in a major bowl game. Um, so I think that's that's my first thought. You're gonna learn a lot about Drew Pine, Darren. Um, there, there's so so many uh, variables here. You really can't look ahead and talk about what 2023. Will look like at the quarterback position until you see what happens this fall. I, I I mean, does if Drew Pine comes out and he's just an absolute stud? You know, he's uh, you know, uh, D- Ian Book becomes a poor man's Drew Pine. Like, what what if that happens? What if Drew Pine just is a complete baller this season? Then it's like, all right, Pine, you go in with a quarterback battle thinking Pine's the guy, but you still got someone who's played a lot of football uh, coming off an injury. Non-throwing shoulder in Buckner. And it's like, all right. Then I got Angeli. Maybe take a flyer on some 2023 quarterback. Or then you got CJ Carr in the future. Now you're like, all right, dang. This looks like pretty good. You got still got Ron Paulus as a good practice arm. And then things are, are, are looking very good. Maybe Carr even reclassifies. So in that
2: case, yeah, things could be look
4: good. Or if Pine, you know, is not the guy and uh, then... Do you see much of Angeli? How does Steve Angeli look? What, what does Buckner's recovery look like? Do you need a grad transfer or just a, if Notre Dame can get an undergrad transfer? Is that something that's needed? Does Carr reclassify? How does Buckner's <laughs> injury affect Carr's decision to potentially join this 2023 class, which I wrote about the latest of what I was hearing on Tuesday night at blueandgold.com. Um, in an article called Lucky Charms. So, Darren, I'm answering your question, which I don't even know if there's a question in there, with more questions. So that's just kind of where we're at. More questions than answers.
5: In terms of Carr, let me just ask this. Does he want to reclassify? Does he not want to reclassify? Is Notre Dame pushing this? How should the average fan understand this whole process? CJ
4: Carr is a brilliant young man who i, I think my, my understanding is he could skip his senior year of high school like how things stack up with his academics um is he could get into notre dame um you know after the i would assume it wouldn't be this semester i would assume he'd have to finish next semester and then he could be at notre dame for the fall of 2023 notre dame is talked about like l- l- guys Notre Dame uh, struck out at 2023 quarterback I mean uh, the guys they could have landed if you I-, I bet if, if Tommy go back in time be like I'll take Avery Johnson I'll take Jackson like I'll go harder on Jackson Arnold or you know wh- whatever the case may be there do my push even harder for Chris Vizina it's, it's hindsight you know you're not getting Dante Moore so it's like go harder on those three guys um But, uh, yeah, going back to Carr, look, Notre Dame struck out. I think their best option right now, as things stand currently, their best quarterback they could get in 2023 is someone who's committed to them in 2024, and that's Carr. He's an elite player, and he's a little bit older for his age, so he could reclassify, um, and it's not like he's going to come to Notre Dame on 17 years old or something, so... um, Notre Dame wants him to. They're not pushing him. They're not guilting him from what I'm told. It's his choice at the end of the day. Carr is focused on his 3-0 Celine Michigan high school team. Um, I, I don't expect any kind of decision um, to be made you know, and, and put out there anytime soon, really, Darren. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, you want to know soon because you've got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be. But Carr, I don't think he's going to want to do something to, you know, distract his team right now.
5: But the thing is, Mike, if we're just focused on starting quarterback for 2023, even if Carr reclassifies, it's not like he can enroll early, you wouldn't think, which would make it seem highly unlikely he would be a strong candidate to start in 23 because he would arrive over the summer.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, it would. If Notre Dame needs a 2023 quarterback, I mean, who who is they going to they going to just take a flyer on some kid? If if I'm Notre Dame, I I feel like I'd rather have Carr in 23, and then at least you're you can still have so much time to go get a really good quarterback in 24. So I'm thinking about this as long term instead of just what's best for 2023. Because you have, you'd have a really good QB in the 23-cycling car, and then 24, you can go get someone else. There's still so many uncommitted quarterbacks. You wouldn't be that late on anybody at this point. I think people would kind of... If I'm a recruit in 24, I'd understand the situation of why Notre Dame's just now offering me if card did reclassify. Um, but yeah, Darren, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I thought Notre Dame should have taken a transfer quarterback this past offseason.
5: And we talked about that.
4: I... I and did I say that then? I don't remember. I don't remember.
5: Yeah, we had the conversation. And then soon after, Keaton Slovis came out and admitted that Notre Dame was the first team to call him, the USC quarterback who eventually went to Pittsburgh. So we at least had that conversation. Is that the right thing to do? And if it was the right thing to do last summer, and obviously they contacted someone, I don't see how it's not a bad thing to do this year. And I know that may ruffle some feathers and make the quarterback room you know, pretty full. But, hey, kids come and go like nothing anymore with the transfer portal. So I got to continue to add
4: completely agree. Yeah. It's, you know, I kid can go and start somewhere else if if he's not happy. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, I'm thinking, Hmm, what's more important to me winning games and keeping my job or not ruffling Johnny's feathers. You know, like you, you got to win games and, um, Knock on wood, Drew Pine stays healthy and is the guy. But if he's not, you got to think to yourself, man, if we could have gotten Keaton Slovis, how much? I mean, are, are we still feeling really good about this football team right
5: now? You know the talent on this football team. You have watched the recruiting process. You've broken down film. You've talked to these guys. So you know the type of football team they could have in 2023. If you don't have a quarterback, it's wasted. And you just can't go into next year with any if ands, or buts, in my opinion, with the possibilities on this football team. That's why I sit here today not knowing who Tyler Buckner is going to be. Drew Pine, I don't have huge expectations, so that's why I'm already kind of going down that road of CJ Carr. Is he an option? Is a transfer an option? Mike, I just think this football team is too good to have question marks at the quarterback position going into next year. That's why I think the grad transfer route is something they definitely have to pursue and see what they can come up with. What's today, Darren? September fourteenth. September fourteenth. Let's
4: talk about that later. Let's talk about. I, I agree with the basic premise of. I think Notre Dame should have cut a transfer quarterback this past offseason, especially with the options that were out there. I'm sure there are going to be some good quarterbacks out there who transfer. So I'm, I'm sure that Notre Dame will, will look at those options. Um, but, yeah, it, it's there's, like I said earlier, there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and the end of the season where we'll have a better idea of what that should look like.
5: Let me ask one more question in regard to quarterbacks. Does going out and get a grad transfer quarterback hurt quarterback recruiting at all?
4: It shouldn't. Okay. You know that that's I mean that's not, you'd have to ask the young man the question the the, the quarterback recruit but you no know, because if if you're if I'm a freshman coming in I mean I'm probably not going to start anyway so what does some fifth year guy who's going to be there for a year what does that do okay. to me? Uh, the, the the bigger impact is if they take two in your class, like, or, you know, if you take a, if you're a freshman coming in and they bring in a sophomore or, or something like that. Um, so, yeah. I, I, it, so my answer in short is to say it shouldn't.
5: I probably should have mentioned Steve Angeli a little more in this conversation, right?
4: That's my boy. I know. I'm I believe sorry. I believe in the young man. I know I've, you do. I've been saying for a while that I don't know if it's going to be at Notre Dame or not, but the young man's going to go out there. And he's going to impress people, Darren. He's now the number two quarterback on this team, right? I, I've been checking in with some people, and being like, "Hey, how's you know how's he handling this?" Look, the young man is the same whether he's in a you know a, a, a tornado or he's on a beach. He's just <laughs> calm and collected. He's it's same old Steve. Same old Steve. He's just a great great kid, great leader.
1: I think he's a darn good quarterback, too. So we'll see. So that was inspiring. (laughs) Holy hell. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not exactly feeling better now. Um, (laughs) If you didn't hear after the game uh Michael Mayer's post game there is a there is a definite underlying current of frustration to uh, to 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 his season 13 catches so far 135 yards finally got into the end zone last week as well uh, he's really been the consistently bright spot on the offense and yeah, he was kind of expected to be anyway. Uh, let's face it, he's a beast. Uh, but especially at the beginning of his press conference uh, from Saturday, just 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 take a listen here,
4: Mike. Just how close do you feel you guys are to, to clicking, in to,
2: especially in the run game, and how do you take that step? I think we uh, I think we already kind of. I don't know. It's hard. We execute during practice. We, we we do runs during practice. We have great runs during practice, 15, 20, 25, 30-yard runs. Um, and at this point, I think it's just about coming out here and executing the runs. I mean, we know what we have to do. We do it every single day in practice. We did it all camp. We ran the ball so much in camp, and we ran so good in camp. I just think it's about coming out here and executing.
4: So would you see it in the locker room from the end of the game over time you came in here now that to let you know you guys are going to respond in the right way?
2: Uh, we got a long season ahead. I think people know that, um, you know, our goal is to, to win out the rest of the season. Um, obviously, very, very tough loss. Nobody wants to nobody wants to lose ever. Um, so we're going to come in tomorrow, watch the film. Um, coaches are going to coach us up and, uh, you know, we're just going to get ready for Cal. I mean, there's nothing really else we can do, you know.
5: Probably far left second row,
2: michael uh I mean obviously the start of this season a little bit different outcomes compared to what you're used to is is there something missing from this year's team compared to previous years at six out no, no, um, like I said, we had a great camp uh we had a great uh summer um we got a lot of great players on this team, a lot of great players um I think we're just still trying to figure it out a little bit um and uh that's what we're going to have to do at practice this week and throughout the rest of the season, we're going to have to try to figure it out. And, uh, that's, that's really all we can do.
5: Front row to your right with Pete. Like, uh, I
1: think, you know, quarterbacks get more credit than probably they deserve when they win or blame when you lose How How has Tyler handled this spotlight? Um, and sort of being in this situation for the first time?
2: Uh, he's a humble dude. Um, he, he worked his tail off today. He, he did, he did what he could, um, Obviously, the injury is horrible. I um, haven't really talked to him about that yet, but um, he went out there and, and he worked his tail off. Um, you know, I don't think we can ask anything more of him. Um, it comes down to just the offense kind of as a whole, everybody executing more, um, and I wish we did that today.
5: We'll go to very back
1: row here in the middle with Pete. Yeah, Mike, this is obviously not a position that you're familiar with in your time at Notre Dame. Can you put into words just kind of the level of frustration you and probably your teammates feel right now?
2: I'm pretty frustrated today, um, because we lost, but we'll watch the film tomorrow. Um, and, and, and Tuesday we'll start preparing for Cal. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we get a win there and, and, and start rolling. Then, um, you, you really can't kind of sulk in these losses. I mean, we're owing to Yes. It, it's horrible. Of course it's horrible. Um, but we're just going to prepare for the, the next team, um, try to execute the best we can execute and, uh. Just keep playing the season we'll go all the way in the back with levon michael um after the game you showed some emotions and as well as jared what was kind
5: of as a captain what's it like trying to you know rally these guys back and get them on the field and you know become level-headed once you get into life yeah.
2: uh, our goals as a captain are to lead our team to victory um and you know we we fell short today i tried my best i know JP tried his best but we got to do better um and I think it starts with just the weekly preparation and not just today in general. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I saw that. I think we're both a little frustrated. We, we both try to be the best leader we can be, and uh, we, fell up a little, we fell a little bit short. And um, you reached a milestone of 120-plus c- catches today, but that kind of gets, I guess, does it get
5: overshadowed at all in a game like this when you have to kind of regroup so much for Cal next week?
2: I'm not worried about that. I'm trying to win. I'm, uh, I'm not worried about personal stats. I'm trying to win.
5: Final question,
2: Michael. Obviously, a couple times has come up that you guys aren't used to being in this position. So I'm wondering, how do you fight through something that you're not used to? Is there anything different that you do, or is it as simple as trying to do the same things that you've been doing but doing them better? Yeah, I mean, I I've had some losses in my lifetime. Like maybe not a ton in college, but you know, I I played a ton of sports in high school and grade school and stuff. Like I know, it's it's for me, it's like you know, all right, let's talk a little bit about it. You know, learn what you want to learn from the game. Um, How do you execute better? How do you lead better? Those type of things. But then it's just like on to the next week. You know, I'm not going to be thinking about this game on Friday preparing for Cal. Um, So it's a it's a long season. Um, We got game three coming up. I mean, we're just going to try to start to win games, Um, try to be the best leader I can be and and try to lead this team to victory.
1: And that's Michael Mayer. Basically, a week ago, after the game, uh, after the Marshall game last Saturday, uh, his po- uh, post game uh, press conference right there, uh, he says that he's frustrated. Listening to that again, I almost felt like he just wanted to. Uh, how do I keep this as clean as possible? Uh, Go on like a I, I, I feel like he wanted to use that whole five minutes to just curse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, you you've been that frustrated before in your life. I'm I'm sure you have. Hell, I have. I know I have. There have been times where all you want to do is just kick a trash can all over the house and if something breaks, the hell with it, you know? wasn't that important then but yeah he it's there all right that fire to improve is there how do they get it done how do they get it done like i said i i'm i'm hoping that the coaching staff just lit into them this week every every single player like and i hope they lit into each other even too I think even the i think even the coaching staff could you know just could probably benefit from just uh you know one night just having like a coaches only fight club you know and obviously we'll never hear about it because first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club but it may not be a terrible thing to do. <laughs> All right, especially if things keep going the way that they've been going. Uh, coming up, we'll, we'll wrap up this year uh, this edition of Leprechaun Lunch. Uh, we've got some prop bets for you. Take a look at uh, some NFL betting numbers as well for the weekend. And uh, why I'm no longer going to bet spreads, or at least bet spreads for the, uh, for the foreseeable future. That's coming up. Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a cooked family business. And by South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Our pregame coverage gets underway eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Marcus Freeman show replay. Legacy Heating and Air game day. Uh, after that, with Tim and myself, we'll be out at Eddy Street Commons for the uh, for the show tomorrow. In fact, uh, we'll be out there. I think uh, probably the remaining uh, home games, the uh, the rest of the season. So stop by say hi and uh see see somebody that maybe you'd never thought you'd see before. Hmm? Uh, uh? uh Game Day Sports Beat powered by Michelo Ultra, comes your way at 11 that takes us up to Notre Dame Radio Network taking over at 1:30 their pregame show for an hour and then uh kickoff just after 2:30 uh here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, and then after the game, of course, the official Notre Dame uh, football post game show presented by Sa- uh, Saint Joseph Health System uh, with myself and and Reggie Brooks as well. So should be uh, hopefully a good time on the post game show. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If. Uh, you know, if you still needed yet more uh, more skin in the game, I guess uh, there's uh, there, there's some ways to go about doing that. By the way, BetMGM, go through them. WSBT Gym is my uh, is my promo code. I'm looking at my app right now. College football parlay boost token. Hey, how about that, huh? WSBT. J-I-M is uh, is my promo code for BetMGM and BetMGM.com. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, honeymoon over. What's, what's the level of uh, intensity going to be for this game? Are they going to be pressing a little bit too much? Who knows? As long as the props hit, really. That's all I care about. That's all I'm all I can care about anymore. <laughs> Seriously, any, any more losses like last week and it, like it's just not going to be good. Not good for my health. Um, Cal coming into this game, by the way, 2-0, oh, but um, I mean, come on. UC Davis and UNLV, come on now. Best prop bets for Cal and Notre Dame. Uh, the, uh, the over-under set at 41 and a half and uh, they haven't hidden over yet Notre Dame hasn't so why (laughs) why are they going to start against Cal I'm going under 41 and a half for uh, for Notre Dame and and Cal Uh, new quarterback of course means we gotta guess how many passing yards he's got uh, the uh, the total yards for uh, for Drew Pine, the over-under set there at 249 and a half. That's total yards, too. That includes rushing. Again, I, I don't see them sending Drew Pine out, you know, on, on run plays. Uh, <laughs> especially since, you know... Buckner got hurt. You gotta hang on to somebody. I think we're going to have to go under on that too. It, it, I think that's going to be close though. But I still, I still think under two forty nine and a half for total yards for Drew Pine tomorrow. Who will lead Notre Dame in rushing yards versus Cal? Hell, can we put, can we put an over under on their yardage? <laughs> like, will, will the running game get? Uh, More than 60 yards rushing. Dear God. But the prop that I have here is uh, who will lead Notre Dame in rushing yards versus Cal: Chris Tyree, Audric Estime, Logan Diggs, or other. I'm thinking. uh, I'm, I'm. Like where has Chris Tyree been all season? Like I I I was sitting there in the press box going like last week going where's Chris Tyree? Estime needs to needs to be more of a run you know just a power run guy because he's a big guy. He's a big boy. Let him bowl over people. Don't have him dancing all over the place. Still, I I think I think Tyree, you know, they finally figure out a way to get Tyree more active in the run game. So I'm going to pick Tick, uh, Chris Tyree on this. And then will Michael Mayer score versus Cal? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> He's pr- like he he will make himself so wide open against Cal. <laughs> We're going to wonder. Wow. Um, why didn't we throw to him more? Even he only got eight touchdowns this game, or whatever you know. <laughs> he only got two touchdowns this game. He was <laughs> he was wide open in the end zone this many times. Why didn't we pe- throw it to him more? Anyway, that's uh, that's leprechaun lunch for this week. Hopefully, the game goes better this week. Greenies next. Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT.